Go ahead. Get her down. This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, hello, Liberty lovers. What's going on? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of your high hosts over here, Charlie Thompson. <laughs> follow Good Morning Liberty everywhere you can follow us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, except on Twitter, we're Good AM Liberty. And I believe we're live on Instagram right now. Yeah, you I put, just literally sat my phone right there, just, and so we're just going to record it. Hello, yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah, so there it is. You can see Charlie and yeah. no, no one else. It's just hey, me. Charlie, on a scale of one to high, how do you feel right now? About Norco. Okay, okay. <laughs> Charlie did have surgery last week, and he's just been a little bee about it so far. Yeah, so far. Man, I've never heard anyone complain as much <laughs> as Charlie is, especially about the high price of that surgery that you had, that you had to pay up front cash for didn't was, you yeah it was nuts yeah you know i hardly have complained this whole time although yesterday was a really bad day yeah you uh i thought we were going to do an episode and you just kept not showing up i yeah. kept waiting for you to come into the office yeah and you just didn't do it so monday i had a decent day we got a little bit of work done we did an episode on monday tuesday we had meetings scheduled at eight in the morning yeah and i wasn't there you weren't. And then you, no. you pushed the meeting back to 1 p.m. And then you and then all, I still wasn't there. Still didn't show yeah. up for that. So. I ended up having to go back to the doctor yeah. tomorrow. Are you okay? Well, they changed some medications and they said there's some other problems going on. But here, this will fix you. And I feel better today. That's how good. much How much did you have to pay up front for your surgery? If, I, if you don't mind Including me asking. Including everything. What did you pay to go? You were in surgery for... Four, four hours. Four hours you yes. were in surgery. How long? And did they fix it? So, so far they said everything looks good. I had surgery on my ear. Uh, for those that can see on Instagram, you can see here. I look like Dumbo on one side. <laughs> you got a big cut behind like, your ear. Yeah, a big cut and everything. A four hour surgery on my ear. It cost me, I paid cash up front in total, cost me $5,400. Five thousand four hundred. Yes, that's not that bad. Honestly. That includes the surgeon, the surgery charge, and anesthesia. That's all up front. Yeah, they're not sending me a bill. Everything's already paid for. I feel like that's actually pretty good. I honestly, mean, it's a that's lot. how it's much. A, it's a lot of money. That's but. how much I think I'd pay if I had insurance. Yeah, it would have been about the same. I'm pretty sure. I had surgery last year, and yeah, I mean, I paid probably close to three thousand dollars with insurance. Yeah, and then I paid for insurance all year. Right. So it wasn't exactly all that much better. I'm not saying that not having insurance isn't a good idea because if something major, you're not saying that not having insurance isn't a good idea. Correct. There's a lot of negative there. (laughs) A lot of negatives. I'm still trying to figure out what you're saying. What I'm saying is the fact that not having insurance, it might not be the best idea. Yeah. Uh, Because if something catastrophic were to happen, then, and if you're stuck, you know, in the hospital for six months and you get a million dollar bill, you know, that's something you can't really pay for. But what, what, I, what happened was I, my surgeon gave me like a 33% discount for paying cash because his normal charge was 3000 and I only had to pay him two. I got a 60% discount on anesthesia because their normal charge is 2500 and I only had to pay them 800 And I got a 60% discount on the surgery room. And their normal charge, you know, to pay all their nurses, to pay their pre and post-op people for the bed, for the, all the, uh, they didn't use utensils, but supplies, (laughs) yeah, all the supplies they used and all of that, their normal charge is somewhere around, uh, nine, that close to $9,000 and it only cost me 2,400. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm just going to do it on a cash basis from now on. I think even if you have insurance, it might even be best just to ask what the cash prices are. (laughs) Everybody take Charlie's lead and cancel your health insurance right now. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. That's a, that's what you're saying. I get it, man. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Look, if you like your plan, you keep your plan. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. So we had the, uh, we had the democratic debate last night. Did you, did you watch any of that at all? No. No. no, and I can tell you if I if I watched it, I wouldn't understand it <laughs> at this point in my life. I don't understand why they're still doing these debates. Like it, to me, they're only hurting themselves. The more they get up there in front of people, 
the worse they the all more people look. want to vote it's, for Donald yeah, Trump. <laughs> it's so boring. It's so terrible. Now they've introduced, you know, now you can't trust any of them, which you couldn't beforehand. But now the Democrats are calling out. I saw something like on that. the news this morning. There was a clip of Elizabeth Warren saying that she's friends with Bernie. Were they yeah. trying to get them to attack each other or something? Well, so they had this thing where they, um, you know, there was this this thing came out that Warren you know, released, leaked that Bernie said that a woman couldn't be elected president. Uh, so he's a misogynist now. Yeah. So, you know, and Bernie basically came out and said, I didn't say that. He was like, oh, I didn't. I, you know, that never happened, which I do not say it, which is weird because I thought you were supposed to believe all women. And, mm-hmm. and so now he's telling us that she's said this and that it's not true. Oh. Now, what would have been better for Bernie, honestly, all Bernie had to say, all Bernie had to say was, okay, I said that, but here's what I meant. What I meant was the United, the United States of America is a sexist and racist and corrupt country in which it is more difficult for a woman to get ahead. That's just, that is, is what it is. Yes. And when I said that a woman could not be elected president, I was talking about the culture of a country that elected Donald Trump. I was not saying that a woman should not be the president. And that's all he had to say. Could have blamed it on all the misogynists. All he had to say was that we live in a terrible country that is full of mostly sexist and racist and say, yeah, that's why I said I don't think a woman can be elected president. It doesn't have to be whether or not he thinks a woman should be president. He didn't say a woman shouldn't be president. He just said he doesn't think she would win. So, I mean, it's really like sidestepping this and coming out and saying point blank in front of Elizabeth Warren that this conversation never happened when we when she says that it did happen. It just introduces this whole, you know, this lie into it where where now you've got this dishonesty and it really didn't need to be there. But, you know, the do nothing Democrats are pretty good at this whole (laughs) lying thing. They are. As all politicians are, they are yeah. very good at they're very good at lying. Um, so <laughs> they had some interesting questions last night on healthcare and uh, basically how listen, if you want to fix healthcare, when this is what we know throughout history, when something is too expensive and inefficient, what you need to do is you need to let the United States government take control over it. <laughs> and then the problem will be solved. Look at all throughout our history. We are just right with all of these examples of every single time something was too expensive and the U.S. government made it more efficient and cheaper. So yeah. why wouldn't you do that with actually taking care of keeping people alive? I just mean, look at the veterans health care. Yeah, well, that's just because their it's budget the hi- isn't big enough. Charlie. Well, it's the highest rated health care there is. Oh, yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. loves veterans it. are raving Everyone loves their it. service. Yeah. You know, we'll talk a little bit here in a minute about this. There's a teacher. There's a teacher's rally in Florida where they're all protesting their pay where they're upset, you know, when people are saying, well, don't blame the teachers. We don't get pay enough. You know, I just can't wait. Here's my dream for America is that someday doctors are forming picket lines talking about how they want their pay to be raised. That's mm-hmm. the kind of that's the kind of healthcare system you want to work in. Yeah, for sure. Because here we go. We've had the Department of Education for 50 years or so. And here's these teachers, these poor teachers saying, we're not getting paid enough money. We can't live on the money we're getting paid. Why don't we just go ahead and turn over the health care of the entire country to the United States? That's a great idea. That's Obviously, a really great idea. The government's just more efficient yeah. at everything. They, you know? They're better at everything. It's It's been <laughs> proven. It's been proven. You posted a great meme the other day that said uh, something to the essence, maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, but you said it's something to the essence of uh, Bernie Sanders says that we have so many problems let, let's fix them by making the government bigger yeah yeah well no i was just saying like uh that bernie sanders says that we're going to solve corruption by giving more power to the government right like that's an insane idea like i'm going to i'm gonna put out this fire with more fire exactly which they do sometimes you know they'll use fire to fight fire okay but the corruption i'm gonna drain this flooded area by adding water to yes it. there you go <laughs> there you go yeah no it's the corruption is there because the government has power over every single industry mm-hmm. in the united states so there is corruption between people who are 
working within the industries and then the people who control the the gatekeepers to the industries which are the regulators Mm -hmm. okay so that's how you get corruption that's how you get people writing these laws if you take away the government power you lose the incentive for corruption you don't decrease corruption by giving more power to the gatekeepers well you just hate america then you yeah. just oh yeah. that's what it is you hate yeah. minorities well i hate america minorities women yeah i just all of them You're, that's that's you, that's why you just love corporations you want corporate you just want corporations to rule everything yeah uh someone on someone on here on instagram we're gonna bounce off instagram here in just a second so i can uh, focus on these videos but they said how do we solve the problem how come these other countries that nationalize their services are doing well well Here's, here's one thing. You have to measure whether or not they're doing well. They're talking about what they're paying for their health care. Keep in mind that if you're going to be talking about the Scandinavian countries, those countries pay 60% income tax and their wait times for all of their services are like five to 10 times as long as what we have here. They have like a 200% tax on a car. Yeah. So, so like, do you like driving? So what's because yeah, what twenty thousand dollar car you're going to pay forty thousand dollars in tax. They have a twenty four percent sales tax on everything. Yeah. A, VAT, a VAT tax on everything. Now listen, Bernie. But there's other things like in, in the UK, for example, you have physicians that are leaving the practice in droves. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean listen, we thousands follow, of doctors. I follow the NHS, not the National Health Services news. Any news that comes out about healthcare in the UK or Scandinavia, anything, um, I, I get those news pieces. So if you haven't done that yet, if you're not following the news that's coming out of those countries, then all you're hearing is one side of the argument. Their healthcare system is not perfect. They have a shortage of doctors. They have a shortage of nurses. They have major problems with people waiting way too long to the point that they die before they get any of the care. Mm -hmm. It is not as perfect as the people who are trying to sell you why the government should run everything. It is not as perfect as what they are acting. Follow all of the news that comes out of there. I mean, the actual news channels, the actual news agencies in the UK, Follow them and watch for all of the articles that come out on a daily, weekly basis about how terrible their healthcare system is. Yes. They are all there, and I read every single one of them. If you're going to talk about a country like Denmark and Sweden and all that, remember, Bernie and Elizabeth are selling you this idea of Scandinavian socialism while not pushing for their economic policies whatsoever. They're talking about the things that those countries are giving their citizens without doing a single thing that resembles the economic structure that those countries have. Well, and what I want to say, too, to our friend here is one healthcare is a major problem. Yeah, it's way too expensive. It's run. There's too much too much red tape and bureaucracy involved in it. We spend about one third of our healthcare costs on administrative costs. Because you have insurances that are denying and companies that don't want to pay and hospitals that yeah. are trying to code services differently. And what all do, what this do we do? Stuff. What do we do for a living, Charlie? We run a healthcare company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on the financial side, mind you. So I understand all of this back and forth, the red tape. I literally started a company that helps uh, healthcare companies be able to collect on their bills by jumping, make sure they jump through all the hoops properly so that their claims don't get denied as quickly yeah so they can they can recover they can recoup their money yeah in a in a more efficient fashion and so what you have to understand is there the healthcare is a major problem but what the biggest problem in the united states when it comes to healthcare has all been started and it's because of government and medicare and medicaid yeah medicare and medicaid set the precedent on all your private insurancers when it comes to denials when it comes to your coding of their diagnosis and different things when it comes to the requirements of the healthcare facility. They, they all follow Medicare's rules. Yes, exactly. And so that's the biggest problem. And if you look throughout the history of healthcare in the United States, um, you can see the trend happen after 19 in the 1960s when Medicare uh, was passed. Well, when you introduced taxpayer money funding funding healthcare expenses, yes. the the price increased astronomically after that. Yeah, the chart it's off the charts. And like I was saying about these Scandinavian countries, which we'll get to some of the actual solutions here in a minute, because like Charlie said, we do 
we do a healthcare business. So that's that's our main business that we do here in this in this studio. So that that's how we make a living. Um, these countries that Bernie and Elizabeth are actually talking about, we're not modeling their economic policies. Think about how mad everyone was about the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Think about how, how upset everyone was about the corporate tax rate being lowered down to 21.5% in the U.S. Do you know what the corporate tax rate is in Denmark? It's 22%. Well, we're okay. a half percent lower. So we're a half outrage. percent lower than the corporate tax rate hey, in can Denmark. You, can you tell me the minimum wage in Denmark? Because it's got to be living. A lot of the countries over there, most of them do not have a minimum wage. You're telling me Switzerland doesn't have a minimum no wage? No minimum wage. What? No, no minimum wage. That's no way. They don't have a wealth tax. You must be making this stuff up. They don't have a stock trade tax. Okay, they are not they are talking about the things that the people in those countries get that those people get to receive, but they are not modeling their economic policies one bit, not one bit at all. And like someone else said here, Denmark and Sweden are very small comparatively, and that matters. Guys, Denmark has a lower population than the city of New York, than New York mm -hmm. City. They've got about half the population and their entire country, and they're the size of West Virginia. That matters. Now, if you want to come to me and talk about how we should fund healthcare in a single U.S. city and actually see if that system works, then we can have that conversation on whether or not that city wants to do it. But when you come to me with a country that has half the population of one of our cities and is the size of one of our smallest states, and you say that we can obviously implement their plan over 330 million people in 2,000 mile long borders without losing any efficiency across that being administered by our federal government, I don't know. You're higher than Charlie is right now. You're I mean, talking about high. a major change. Here's the problem is you are talking about a catastrophic change and not giving any Americans the choice because what Bernie and, and uh, Elizabeth Warren want to do is they want to make the option of getting private health insurance illegal. Yeah. So you have to go with the government mandated plan. Now, what gives you the right to tell me that I have to have a government mandated plan and then you're going to make this change on the off chance and the hopes that it's going to be a better system than the one we have right now. Do you think that type of social change is a good idea? That's putting a lot of hope and chance into the government always being ran more efficiently yeah. than private corporations, that you're always going to agree with the person who's running the government, that they're always going to do a good job. Guys, look at how much Obamacare has been dismantled in a span of 10 years. They've been taking apart the most important parts of Obamacare that made it Obamacare. They've been taking those apart. Just think about what can happen if we got Medicare for all. You're telling me that a Republican's not going to get elected 10, 15 years from now and start dismantling parts of the Medicare for all plan? You can't base the rest of your life on agreeing with who's going to be in the Oval Office. That's a terrible plan. Repeal and replace. Repeal and replace it with nothing yeah. is what needs to actually happen. But you're, these major social changes like this in a massive country like ours, like Nate said, like, let's try it with some small state. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's try it maybe with... Which, by the way, none of the states that tried it were successful. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, why doesn't Bernie try it in Vermont? I don't know. Like, let's do it in Vermont. That, that would be a more equal comparison. Right. And let's see if we, they can make it work. Yeah. You know, if it works, then that's a possibility. Maybe we could try to implement it in other areas. But here's the here's the problem. It's not going to work. Yeah. OK, uh, all you guys on Instagram. Thank you guys for watching. I'm going to bounce off of here so we can play some clips from the Democratic debate. Coming if you want to hear quick. the rest of this so, episode, subscribe. Yep. Subscribe to the podcast on every single one of the podcast app. This is going to be uploaded in about an hour. So we will talk to you guys then. Bye. OK, so we've got to get to some of this and then we're going to talk about some actual solutions. And they're not just going to be um, your oh, run of the mill. Like, Oh my God, you know, the problem is this is a very complicated, very difficult situation in an industry that has been destroyed piece by piece for more than a hundred years by the government. The government has been implementing regulations in the healthcare industry since 1906, something like that. 
Okay, they have been slowly destroying this industry piece by piece for a long time. So there's not just one thing we're going to say and it's going to be like, oh yeah, then everyone's going to be safe and everyone's going to be happy and everyone's going to be taken care of and it's going to be perfect. Why didn't I think about that? There's not a solution that can be laid out in one tweet. And that's the problem that us libertarians have because Bernie's solution could be tweeted. He doesn't even need the, the expanded character count for Twitter in 2019, 2020 days. He could do it in original Twitter character format and he could just say free. The rich are going to pay for it. Everything's going to be free. There's, we, there's Bernie's economic policy. We could do some of that. Yeah, we could do some of it. Like abolish the income tax. Yeah, yeah. That's a tweet. Which that's I, an economic I, policy. I laid out five <laughs> steps. I laid out five steps on our Instagram today. They were very simple. Five sentences to fix the healthcare industry. I laid them out today oh, on our Instagram. So beautiful. we're going to talk about that in a minute. Let's see what they had to say here about. If you uh, weren't on Instagram and you're listening to the podcast, go check out Instagram. There you go. And uh, Moines, right. Des Moines is an insurance town. What happens to all the insurance industry, uh, the health insurance industry here, if there is Medicare for all? What happens to all the jobs and the livelihoods of the people that live in insurance towns like Des Moines? We build into our Medicare for all program, uh, a transition fund of many, many billions of dollars that will provide for up to five years income and health care and job training for those people. But here is the issue. Tom Steyer made the point a moment ago. We are now spending twice as much per person on health care as do the people of any other country. That is insane. In some cases, 10 times more for prescription drugs. Why is that? Why is that? And the answer is the greed and corruption of the drug companies and the insurance companies. And if we want to do what every other major country on earth does and guarantee people health care is a human right, not a privilege, you know what we have to do? We are finally going to have to stand up to the health care industry and end hundreds of billions of dollars of waste and profiteering. Mr. Stein. Okay. So obviously the problem with the healthcare industry is greed. That's what it is. It's, it's just one it's thing. Greed. It's one part of it. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. That's the problem with human beings in general is greed with everyone, including, yeah. including Bernie. Himself. Like it's not greedy to want healthcare for free. That's yeah. not greedy. <laughs> no, that's not greedy. No, no, no. But charging somebody for your time. That's what's greedy. Yeah. So one of the main things he said in here was talking about how our prescription drugs can cost 10 times as much sometimes, right? Now, now that's an issue and that's, and that's true. Just answer me this. What body makes it impossible for me to buy the same drugs that people in other countries buy? Charlie? Mm, government? Yeah, the FDA. The FDA makes that possible. Oh, and they're, they're an elected agency, if, right? If people in other countries can buy medications for a tenth of the cost, why can't I order that medication? Why can't I order it? Well, it's not safe, Nate. It's just They're not safe. They're trying to keep you safe. Just not safe, yeah. is it? No, can't do it. Now, so, can you order, like, could I order a basketball from China? You, I believe you could. I could order a phone from China? Yeah, yeah. I could order batteries from China. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could order clothes from China? Mm-hmm. But you're telling me I can't order my narcotics? No, not even China. Not even from Canada. Not you even gotta from get, Canada. No, you got to get heroin from Mexico if you want good narcotics. Okay. All yeah, right. That's as close as we can get for you. I got, <laughs> I got a heroin, a Mexican heroin guy down the street can get you some pain meds. Nice. And that's about the only out of country drugs. And, and if you do that, then you go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, but the answer really is like the rebuke to what he just said really is that simple. If medications really are a tenth of the cost, because remember in a lot of these countries, they don't cover your prescription medications. You still have to have insurance yeah, like in you, Canada you still have to pay for them. those places. They don't cover yeah. your prescription drug costs, but the drugs are cheaper. Yeah. And so it goes, I mean, I just want to know the question. If the drugs are cheaper, then why can't I order them for cheaper? And it's, and it's simply because of the FDA and yes, because of the drug companies in the United States that have lobbied for the rules to prevent me from being able to do that. Right. Yes. It's the same thing as like stadiums presenting, preventing outside food or drink. Yeah. And then they charge you $9 for a soft drink. Now, how yeah. can they do that? And people pay it. Yeah. Because they ban outside food and drinks. That's what the, the drug companies are doing. They're asking 
they lobby the FDA to make these rules to say, hey, ban this country from purchasing outside of the United States and then we can jack up our prices. Yeah. That's the same thing. Everybody goes to a game. Yeah. Everybody's been to a basketball, hockey, football game. And it's the same thing, unfortunately, when you cut yourself off from being able to trade a certain product around the world. And that's what our medications are most of the time. Now, that's just one part of the problem. Then you've got the FDA making the, the bare minimum, the bare minimum entry price for every single drug for the FDA to approve is $350 million. That's the bare minimum you're going to pay. Now, oh, markets, markets market, closed. Market okay. closed. Did you um, get your trades in? I, though I do that at 8.30 in the morning. Oh, okay, so, I'm just yeah. making sure because yeah. they just closed. <laughs> um, now, that's the bare minimum, $350 million. Now, on average, of course, they're all paying about $3.5 billion because about one out of every 10 medications actually gets approved. So, of course... This has nothing to do with the cost of prescription drugs, right? The fact that it takes $3.5 billion for a medication to be approved. Well, that has nothing to do with it at all. It's no. greed. It's just greed. Yeah. That's all it is. Now, there's all kinds of stuff we could talk about when it comes to prescription drugs and patents and generics and all kinds of things like that. Listen, I went and got a medication a couple weeks ago. We talked about this and it's a new medication. And there's no, so there's no generic for it. And I had to pay two, I had to pay $200, even though I have really good insurance, I had to pay $200 for the medication. They said, well, the actual price is 800 with your insurance. It's 200. And I was like, man, that's, that's crazy. I, man, it's, it sucks. There's not a generic out there for that medication. Then you got to ask yourself, I was, you know, this is luckily where the logical side of my brain kicked in. I was like, well, if there was, if they just released this drug, and some other company was already able to knock them off at a cheaper price, then why would you ever create a new drug? Yeah, and they spent like, probably $3 billion to develop the drug. Yeah, and you should be able to, to hold a patent on something so you can recoup the cost of all the R&D that went into a medication. Otherwise, you wouldn't do any of the R&D. Yeah. It wouldn't be worth it. Otherwise, you just, you just wouldn't do it. Now, we talked about a plan to to remove some of the the patents if i were the president and i had to spend money on healthcare, well i would just offer 50 billion dollars to the company that cures cancer you're not going to get a patent you're not going to get anything like that but your company will get 50 billion dollars if you create the cure for cancer okay there will be a hundred companies jumping at that so they can try and win that 50 billion dollar prize and then once it's discovered well, then it's just on the open market that then any company can come in and, and manufacture yeah. that cure afterwards. And maybe that's what we should do for some, for some patents. Uh, people should, should do things like that. You know, it's your medication thing. And there's, there's some drugs, like I know of someone who, uh, their drug cost one drug cost $8,000 a month and with yeah. insurance could get it for 800, you know, pay 10%. But then insurance just decided to stop covering it. So it was $8,000. Yeah. $8, and yeah. it's like, who's got eight grand a month to pay for, for one single medication because it was a very you know, rare type of thing? Yeah, almost, so that's almost no one. Right. So you want, what you want to do is open up the market to the point that that $8,000 is no longer the cost for that medication. Yeah, you have to have because the competition. If the company wants to make money, They'll sell that drug to as many people as possible. That's right. how they want to make money. And if no one's going to cover the cost of the drug, then they're never going to make any money. They're not going to make any money off of 100, 200, 300 people paying for that medication. They're going to make money if every single person who has that illness can afford to buy the medication. So what you have to focus on is making a competitive environment where more drugs like it can come onto the market and to where you don't have to charge $8,000 to recoup the three to $4 billion it costs you to get that drug to market. What if it was only a billion dollars to get it to market? What if it was only 500 million to get it to market? Then would the drug cost a thousand dollars and say, well, that's close to what it was when it had insurance covering it, you know? Right. So, so there's, there's all kinds of options. Decreasing competition and getting more government involvement is rarely a way to make things cheaper. Rarely. By rarely, I mean, uh, never. I don't, right. I don't think it's ever a way. Um, I got a little bit more clip from, from this thing. Let's see. Uh, I, I just want to emphasize what Senator Sanders said. 
This is not a complicated problem. Who's this? Between what Senator Tom Warren Steyer. and Senator Sanders said, it's clear. No one cares. There are Who's two that? problems. We're spending way too much because corporations own the system. And we're not negotiating against those corporations. And we've given tax cuts to the richest Americans and the biggest corporations for decades. That's all this is. We have corporations who are having their way with the American people and people are suffering. Senator Warren is right. This is cruelty for money. In order to break this, we're going to have to break the corporate stranglehold and solve both the tax and the negotiating problem. That's why I'm for term limits. We need to redo Washington, D.C. and you. actually take you, back Mr. the Steyer. government from the corporation. Thank you, Mr. Now, part of that, it's like he kind of got towards the right track on part of the problem there when he started talking about term limits. You know, he's acknowledging that there is corruption within the government and the corporations. Yeah. And that's an actual problem. We talked a little bit about it to, to start the show. But I think the common misconception for Americans there is that the, it's the corporation's fault for yeah. buying the government power. But really, the corporations are just buying the power that's available to them. Yeah. That's, that's the market for, corp, uh, for corruption. The, yeah. the government power is there. That's why he mentioned term limits. Because if you have people in Congress that are actually public servants instead of corporate shills, then you there would be less corruption to purchase. Yeah. Less power to purchase. So uh, the problem is you would still purchase the people for the amount of terms that they're going to be in office. And actually, I could make an argument that term limits would make it much worse because they would be trying to squeeze out even more money in a shorter amount of time. It could actually make the corruption worse. Or like the Bush family, you would get your sons to run. Yeah. Your cousins. Yeah. You know, you have a whole family, <laughs> the term family limits, business. What I'm saying is that term limits don't stop the corruption from happening because the environment still exists where the government controls an industry and that industry is still going to try to come in and control the government. They're going to try to control the people that are controlling them. It's just a natural reaction. I don't blame them for wanting to do that at all. Not, not one bit. If we yeah. had the money, I mean, we work in healthcare. If we had the money, if we have billions of dollars rolling around and there was a vote coming up on something, we might make donations to the right political people also to make sure we stay in business. Yeah. And they'd be rolling around because we like to roll our money. Yes. We like to yeah. roll our money up in rolls. We keep it in the closet over there. So and that way it rolls around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so roll your money, guys. That way it doesn't have any creases in it. Right. Listen. So he's identifying part of the problem, but then he's like most of the Democrats and people in politics overall are doing. They identify a terrible solution for it, a solution that actually has no chance of helping. By the way, did this guy just announce his presidency? No, he's been know. in the whole time. Tom Stiver? Steyer. 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 Huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of money. Didn't um, know him. Yeah, he's got a lot of money. He said some things that make sense, and then he also likes to, you know, virtue signal his. Uh, he's a he's an evil billionaire, so he's got to make sure he says the right amount of things about how terrible evil billionaires that are. Yeah. That way, you know, people will still still listen to. He's him. like, listen, I'm a terrible person. Yes, but vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I know how billionaires think, so I can take all their money for you. And it's pretty crazy. I mean, he supports like the wealth tax he supports the you know all the it's it's crazy to think that someone can make it to that high of a level because he knows be, all the ways around it yeah no he knows that it would never <laughs> they'll it, structure it in a way that they can get around it the, the wealthiest people will be able to get around it right that's how they yeah. structure those things yeah um so so he's talking about prescription drugs once again no one's identifying what the actual problem is he actually got about the closest out of everyone and then he did something which is something that Democrats are very good at doing, which is saying that this is, this is cruelty for money. And this is something that we talked about on Monday also. They've got to do this marketing we tactic. Did? We talked a little bit about this on Monday because what he's doing is he's identifying the fact that this greed, that these corporations, that these evil people are causing people to die, that they are literally the same as murderers. That's, that's what they're doing. Now, they're not going to say that, but they say things like people will commit suicide if you don't 
raise the minimum wage like we talked about on Monday. Or they'll say, this is cruelty. You know, people don't have health care because of greed or people can't have the right amount of living standards because of greed. People are dying because of greed. And they have to pinpoint the fact that you need to hate these people. You need to see them as what they are, which is evil murderers so they can make money. And then once you get everyone to see them in that light, you can call for whatever policies. What? You don't want to support this policy? Well, you're just like them. You want people to die because you care about money too much. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they do. They get you in that position where you can't argue with it unless you, uh, of course, are just supporting uh, murder, basically. You know, greedy murder. Okay, so here's another one more thing about prescription drugs. Of course, Elizabeth Warren wants to wants the government to get into the business of manufacturing prescription drugs. And that's what's going to help the price come down, by the way. Right now, uh, prescription drug prices in 2018, Americans spent $335 billion on prescription drugs alone. That's about $60 billion more than they paid a decade ago. Senator Warren. You've called for the creation of a government-run drug manufacturer that would step in if there is a drug shortage or a price spike. Why does it make sense for the government, for the government to manufacture drugs, especially when public trust in government is near historic lows? So let's do this both ways. What I also have said is I'm just going to use the power that is available, and I will do what a president can do all by herself on the very first day, and that is lower the price of certain prescription drugs. I will lower the price of insulin. We already have the illegal authority with a president to do that. President just hasn't picked up and used it. I will lower the price of EpiPens, of HIV, AIDS drugs. That's going to bring a lot of relief to a lot of families immediately. But you know, there are a whole lot of drugs, about 90% of drugs, that are not under patent. They're generic drugs. But the drug industry has figured out how to manipulate this industry to keep jerking the prices up and up and up up. So my view is, let's give them a little competition. The government lets contracts for all kinds of things. They let contracts to build buildings. They let contracts to build military weapons. Let's let the contracts out, put the contracts out, so that we can put more generic drugs out there and drive down those prices. This is a way to make markets work. Not to try to move away from the market. You don't have to even use price controls. The whole idea behind it is get some competition out there how are you not going to use she just said that she's going to lower the prices of all of these things of epipens of insulin but said that she's i'm gonna use price control and not use price control listen this you don't have to control the market you don't have to use price control she must have the name your price tool yeah progressive that's that's what it is she's got the progressive name your price tool (laughs) exactly she's flow that's she is Flo. I think Flo has a better chance of becoming president than Elizabeth Warren does, <laughs> to tell you the truth. I might vote for her. Hey, it's just, I don't know. you know, name your price insulin. But this idea that the government can just come in and lower the price of something or enter into the market and create drugs. And somehow the president already just has the power. Yeah. Well, she had a Freudian slip in there where she said we have, she meant to say we have the legal authority to do this. She accidentally said we have the illegal authority to do this. Did she? Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. Nice. Yeah. Um, no, but this is, a, you know, this idea that they can just come into a market and create, which by the way, it's, it's pretty crazy to me that they would take money from the market through taxation and then enter into the market and create things inside of that market and say that you're not controlling the market. Like, obviously, if there is a market for you to be able to come in and create more of these drugs, people are going to do that. They're going to do that. The only barrier to entry right now is the FDA and the, and the 100,000 pages of regulations that people have to go through to be in these industries. But we've talked about the, you know, they talk about the profits of all these companies and everything. The profit margins in the healthcare industry are among the lowest profit margins of any industry that is profitable mm-hmm. at, at all. I mean, you're talking in the health insurance industry, they're on like 2% net profit margin is what they're operating on. HCA, about 8% net profit margin. That's right at the average for a Fortune 500 company, about 8%. Okay, your other companies- Some of the pharmaceutical companies like Gilead, some of the years they'll have like 30% profit margins, but some of the years they've had negative. Yeah. 
like yeah. where they've actually not made a profit at all. But then you they've to- actually spent more on R and D than they did uh, receive in payments. Now, what do you think is going to happen if the government comes in and just says, EpiPen manufacturer, we're going to force you to only charge $100 for an EpiPen. Okay. What do you think is going to happen to the people that are making the EpiPens? You think they're going to make the same amount and have the same company going for a long time? Nope. No, 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 they're not. And that's where she comes in and says that, and it's funny because inside of this plan, this is how smart they are on this in a way. In this plan, she says, we will step in and create drugs when there is a shortage. So she talks about how she's going to create a shortage and then the government's going to come in and create things when there's a shortage. It's very smart. Okay. Mm -hmm. It it reminds me of Bernie Sanders and his employee ownership plan. It's the old bait and switch. Where where his employee ownership plan involves uh, the employees having the right of first refusal for buying a company. And so that means the employee has, you know, they can make the decision if they want to buy the company, if it's for sale. Now, inside of that plan, he also said the government will make financing available for people who can't afford to buy the company. So he says, we're going to force the companies to go to the employees first, and then we're going to offer money for people to buy those companies if they want to. In a sense, the government buying the companies, because why do you think a company is going to be wanting to sell itself anyway? It's probably not doing that great. Or someone's wanting to move out of that industry, something like that. So the government's going to come in. They're going to offer taxpayer money to come in and buy that company. And they're going to buy a company that has a lot of problems. Uh, The people who started that aren't going to be there anymore. The employees are going to be on the hook with the government for the money. But of course, at the end of the day, that just ends up with the government owning that company. And and it's 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 smart. In a way. That's exactly what she did with that. Like, oh, no, 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 no. The government's not going to manufacture drugs. (laughs) Only if there's a shortage. Yeah. Come on, Bill. Only if there's a shortage. Are you saying we're going to create shortage? We would never do that. (laughs) We would never manipulate the market. No. What do you you think we are? (laughs) We're the government. We're angels. We're public servants. We serve and protect the public. That's our only goal. Never mind. I made $400,000 a year teaching one class at Harvard. (laughs) That has nothing to do with me being a public servant and caring about everyone. Probably one of the highest paid Native Americans of all time. I would say she did pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Do you want to hear my five steps for reducing the cost of health care? You know what? I do. Uh, All right. Okay, here Let's we go. Let's ask everyone else. Do you guys want to hear Nate's five steps? Yes. Okay. Good. That was a resounding positive. It, yes, yeah. it was. Okay. Step one. Here's step one. This is an important one. Uh, numero uno for all you Spanish speaking. Yes. Number one. Remove taxpayer money from the healthcare market. No. Yeah. How about that? What are we going to do? Can you imagine? Can you imagine another industry? Just imagine that we set up this massive industry and we diverted trillions of dollars into purchasing people cars. And there was just trillions of dollars to buy people cars that was available. What do you think would happen to the price of cars? You think it would go down after the government made a trillion dollars available for the purchasing of cars? Let's make it relative. Let's make it car insurance. Yeah, even car insurance. Because that's required. Yeah. Yeah. You so, think, do you think car insurance rates would go up? Yeah. Look at what happened. Down? In, look at what happened in the housing market after we gave financing to anyone who ever wanted to buy a house ever, regardless of whether or not they had jobs or were even a real person. You're look like, what hey, um, you know, I only make 20 grand a year. I just put what you want. Yeah. This is an open, this is a, what's your desirable income? Yeah. We're not going to check. You don't have to, don't, you don't need to provide me any pay stubs or anything. That's ludicrous. Charlie, how just much, put how much you make down on paper? How much money do you think you spend a week on, uh, on food? What would you think? More than the average probably. Yeah. Cause what I, what do you think you spend order out a lot? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe 20, 30 bucks a day. 
Something like that? Yeah, probably. You could say that. So depending on if we're cooking or if we're eating out. So during the work week, you you might spend about 150 bucks on food. That's crazy, by the way. We need to talk about that. Yeah. So you might spend 150 bucks on food. Probably more. What do you think would happen to your food expenses if I said, Charlie, I'm going to give you $500 a week to spend on food? Do you think that your food expenses would go up or down? Yeah, I would just find things to buy. You would, yeah. You wouldn't be cost conscious whatsoever. No. Why would you? You've got $500 to spend on food. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? Now, if everyone had that, if everyone who ate food, which is everyone, by the way, had that same thing offered to them, what do you think would happen to the price of food overall? It'd go up. It would go up. That's what happens when you introduce free money into a market. It has to go up. It has to go up. It will continue. The only thing that keeps prices from going up to uh, infinity is the market, is competition is people's limited resources. That's the only thing that stops prices from rising to the highest number you can imagine is the amount of money that people can pay for something. So whenever you come into a market and you say, we're going to offer up X amount of dollars for this good, where's the incentive for it to go down? There isn't one. There isn't. There just isn't one. Okay, so step number one for reducing the price of healthcare is to remove all taxpayer money from the healthcare market. Okay. That will actually be about the biggest one right there Mm -hmm. because that includes, uh, your beloved Medicare. Hallelujah. Yeah. That, and that is about the number one reason that drug prices are, or that everything is so high. Step two, remove all the barriers to entry for healthcare providers. This is something we've talked about a lot of times. You guys uh, will spend just a second on this, but we have harped, on this insane thing called a certificate of need that a lot of states require you to have. If you want to build anything involving the healthcare industry, if you want to add one more bed to your hospital to serve one more patient, you have to apply for a certificate of need with the state of Tennessee. And you have to get approval from the state of Tennessee to add one more bed to your hospital, to buy one more MRI machine for your hospital. You have to get a certificate of need. I think Tennessee actually got rid of the one for the MRI, but uh, a lot of states still have it. And the crazy thing is, is this can go to court. Your, your competition in that industry can challenge your certificate of need and stop you from adding more beds to your hospital. They can stop you from buying new products for your hospital. They can stop you from opening up a new ER unit or a new walk-in clinic if they want to challenge you in court and they can make a case to the government that you should not be allowed to build that facility or you should not be allowed to have that bed. Now that's just one thing right there. One simple thing. Remove every single barrier to entry for people in the healthcare industry. You want as much competition as possible. The best thing, if you're buying food all the time from a restaurant, is for another restaurant to open up right next to it. And then the next best thing is for another restaurant to open up right next to it. What we'd have is a government-enforced monopoly on all of our healthcare. I know that you have a few different options. It's not exactly a monopoly. I'm sorry. There are different options. But But you you have... You can keep people from opening up what you need, yeah. what, what people would need. They literally, if you're a company and you want to put more beds in your hospital, why in God's name would it be a bad thing for the community, for the patients, for you to do that? But that's how the government got this passed, is that it was bad for the patients to allow the companies to do this. Because it was bad for competition. Which, guess what the, go- what go- guess what the government's doing? What's that? Creating a shortage. Creating a shortage. Imagine that. They're going to step in and help now that they've created the shortage. You know, you need to look no further than the city of Nashville, which you could argue is the healthcare capital of the world. Yeah. The worst hospital in Nashville is Nashville General Hospital, which is the city's hospital. Yep. It's government funded and it's the worst hospital, the worst on safety. They've lost all kinds of programs. They're... They have a terrible hospital score, their infections and all kinds of stuff. Everyone knows you do not want to go to Nashville General. Yeah. Because it's run by the government. 
And, and it's the worst. They have no incentive. There's no profit motive. No. There's no incentive for them to do better. They're a government-funded operation. Yeah. They don't need to do better. One of the best hospitals in Nashville is Centennial. Yeah. It's owned by a for-profit healthcare company. Yeah. They have some of the highest scores. Now, why is that? Well, they have profit for a motive. You know, if they don't score high on their patient satisfaction and all of that and their cleanliness and all of those things, if they don't score that high, well, people don't, you have choices in Nashville. You don't have to go to Centennial. If they're going to give terrible service, you might as well go to Nash Gen. Right. So. Might as well go to the Gubnet Hospital. So remove all the barriers to entry. What we want is the most amount of competition, any industry, any product, any service that you ever want or use in your life. You want the most amount of competition and the government limits competition in the healthcare industry on a daily basis. Step number three to reducing the cost of healthcare. This is a crazy one. Are you ready for this, Charlie? I'm ready. Remove all taxation from the healthcare industry. Mm. All taxation. All of it. Because what you tax, you get less of. What also, you- tax is a, a tax is an expense. It's a business expense. Mm-hmm. So we come in, just think about this. All these companies that provide healthcare, any kind of healthcare products, any kind of healthcare services, think about what would happen if they had 20% of their costs reduced, completely taken away. You think there would be some incentive for their prices to go down? These companies that are operating on like a 2% profit margin, 8% profit margin, imagine how much lower the prices would be if competition continued to force prices down to where there was still only a 2 to 8% profit margin, only there weren't taxes adding on to the expenses for the business. Now, of course, I would be in favor of this rule for uh, everything, for, mm-hmm. for all industries. So well, let's start um, with healthcare. Start with healthcare. What a, that's a monumental idea. How about the government stops taking away 20% of the money that these healthcare companies get, you know? Let them have it so they don't have to charge certain prices for things. Mm-hmm. Let people who work in the healthcare industry work tax-free. How yeah. about that? How about, how about that? You know? Cash me outside. What if your nurses and your doctors and all the workers inside the healthcare industry didn't pay taxes? You'd actually, that'd be an incentive and more competition to get better people inside the healthcare market. Uh, you'd be able to get more people in there and you'd also, providers. you would be able to have a lower... Uh, labor cost, you could, in effect, reduce their pay by a little bit mm-hmm. because you would be removing the massive tax burden that comes out of their paycheck and you I would be able to actually reduce their pay just a little bit. Aren't there some, uh, there are like charity based hospitals that are nonprofit that do have a, yeah. they, get, they are tax exempt. Yeah, sure. There's a, well, there's some, there's some here in Nashville. What's is, is St. Thomas? Yeah. St. Thomas, uh, Vanderbilt one, I'm pretty sure. Vanderbilt, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'm just saying a tax is an expense. But, but the, uh, the providers and the nurses and stuff, they still have to pay taxes on their income. Yeah. It's imagine an, if you didn't. It's, it's an expense added on to this industry. And I think we need to recognize it for what it is, which is an undue expense on top of an industry whose business it is to keep people alive. And we need to stop taking money away from them so they can actually offer lower prices to people. So. There's step number three. Okay. Step number th- three. <laughs> Remove all regulation on health insurance. Remove all of it. Just, just take it out of there. Just get out e- of it. X, just X that right on out of there. Rip it off. Get your brains. Rip it off like a Band-Aid. Sweep it away. We've got all these regulations. Look at the, what Obamacare put in place where you, could, you had to offer certain things in your health insurance plans, but you couldn't offer too much. You couldn't offer too much because that would be bad. You couldn't offer those Cadillac plans, but you have to make sure that your health insurance covers a certain amount of things. You have all these barriers on selling insurance across state lines. You have all of these things. Just look at what happens in the car insurance industry. When you have a wreck, what do you think would happen if your car insurance refused to pay for one of your wrecks? What do you think would happen? You, you go get a different car insurance immediately. You would never do business with them again. And no, no one else would either because you've got about 25 options on car insurance companies, more than that, probably. And you've got a billion different ways that they'll give you car insurance. We don't have that in the healthcare industry. 
you've got a few options. Now they've got different plan styles and stuff like that, but you've got a few major companies that are able to still offer health insurance. We need to open up that market. It needs to be just like when you go shopping for car insurance and it needs to be so much competition in that industry that those insurers won't want to deny things for the people that they're covering because they'll lose your business immediately. Okay. So there's step, there's step four. You still here, Charlie? Charlie's over there just high as a kite. I'm looking up how many, the number of regulations. Oh God, that's, I've looked. But you can't. They measure, I've, I've researched this for a long time. They actually cannot give you a number on regulations. You can find the number of pages in the regulations book. That's how they measure regulations, is how many pages. Mm. Yeah. So uh, the, the book of regulations, by the way, has, is three columns on each page, very small print, and is in the hundreds of thousands of pages. And they always measure things by Obamacare added 50,000 new pages of regulation to the regulation book. That's all we know. That's really all we know. So, all right, step number five. I saw a figure that uh, compliance officers over the next 10 years need to increase by 8% to make sure you're staying compliant with all of the government rules. Good, good. And regulation. Got to be compliant. Step number five. Allow private companies to vet and approve prescription drugs. We've talked about that one a bunch. You can easily replace the FDA. Easily. Mm -hmm. Easily. You have to consider the market for branding in the drug industry. You have to consider whether or not you're going to trust a certain brand, whether it's freaking, I don't know, Little Debbie. I don't know who it is (laughs) that's going to offer something. We talked for a while one time about how we'll have the Good Morning Liberty brand for health, for, uh, for prescription drugs. And what we'll do is we will do the vetting process and we will approve or not approve. Now you can still buy the medication, but if it has no stamps of approval from none of the brands that you trust, then you probably won't want to buy the medication, which means that those companies making the prescriptions will be incentivized to make good drugs, one, because they don't want to kill all their customers. That's not a good business plan at all. Two, they'll be incentivized to make better drugs because they want to get the seals of approval, the Good Morning Liberty seal of approval on their drugs. And the Good Morning Liberty seal of approval company for prescription drugs will be incentivized to do a good job at vetting drugs because if we vet a drug and then it kills all of its customers, our brand is completely dead. And we can no longer go to any other companies and say that we will put a seal of approval on your medication. They'll say, uh, your seal of approval is worthless. Look at all these news stories. I'm not going, uh, why would I care? Why would I pay you to vet my drug? I'm going to pay this other brand who's never had a drug that killed a whole bunch of people. Now, if you reduce the F- if you take the FDA out of this process and allow companies to come in and privately vet and approve prescription drugs, we can't even imagine the streamlining, streamlining that will happen for approving drugs and getting that cost that we talked about at 3 to $4 billion for an approved drug, getting that down into the millions easily, which can drastically reduce the price of pres- prescription drugs. So those are my five steps for reducing the cost of healthcare. Dude, this regulation stuff. Yeah, you read I that? found a, a really good report. It's on AHA.org, and it's called Regulatory Overload Report. And here's a nice statistic for you. Um, hospital systems, or health systems, hospitals, and PAC providers spend nearly $39 billion each year on the administrative activities re- re- related to regulatory compliance. Jeez. So on average, a community hospital that has 161 beds, which by the way, like St. Thomas has 500, Centennial has like 600 beds, huge hospitals, but a community hospital, 161 beds, they spend nearly $7.6 million a year um, just to, to comply, just for compliance. Yeah. And they break it down into um, billing and coverage uh, hospital COPs, meaningful use, quality reporting, 
privacy and security, fraud and abuse, program integrity, and new models of care. And so the estimated burden of compliance with regulatory requirements for a typical community hospital, $7.6 million. That's, that's quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's all just for compliance. It's yeah. literally a, like, I need $7.6 million to throw away before I can even open up a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Well, it's just greed, Charlie. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the, if we take away the corporate greed, then healthcare won't be expensive anymore, obviously. Well, yeah. Yeah. Surely not. (laughs) Surely just won't, won't be expensive. No, no, not at all. Eliminate greed. Yep. Uh, Do you have anything else to say on healthcare? You know, you guys can hit us up anytime, by the way. I have a lot to say. Yeah. We do. This is kind of, Charlie started this company doing, revenue cycle automation for a healthcare company uh, a few years ago before that he worked for hca he worked for chs so some two of the biggest healthcare companies in the world um and now he started his own company doing that hired me on we literally work in the healthcare industry dealing with regulation dealing with billing dealing with insurance uh we know exactly what happens and then i've also of course like i've said a million times i've got a great insider which is my wife, who is a financial analyst for HCA, so I get all the goodies about what they have to deal with. What a battle axe. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> battle axe. Yeah. Old ball and chain. She said, I mean, this is, it's, I think it's public knowledge. But remember what she told us, how much of their, how much they collect of what they bill out? Yeah, it's like 10%. It's 18%. 18%. Of what HCA, what the, what the hospital bills out, what Centennial bills out. They only collect 18% of the amount that they bill out. Yeah. But which number do you think is reported as what people spend on healthcare? The total number they bill out. The total number they bill out. Yeah. Yeah. So So if they billed out a billion dollars, they would only collect 180 million. Yeah. But Bernie would quote healthcare expenses as a billion dollars, even though no one ever paid that money. They would only. It was just written off. They only paid the 180. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. um, Follow us on all of our pages. TikTok. Instagram, Twitter. TikTok is the first one, huh? Yeah, follow us on TikTok. We got hey, some followers on there now. Hit us up on that old TikTok. Yeah, you or if you you know your 14-year-old daughter or whoever it is that you know that's on TikTok, just tell them to go on there and learn about some liberty. Tell someone about this podcast. That is how we grow this message. If you think these things are important, if you think someone needs to hear some of the actual ways to reduce the price of healthcare, this is life or death, literally. And it's going to be even more death if we allow the government to take over this entire industry. Sorry to be an alarmist. If you care about your kids, <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you care about your kids living safely and healthily, healthily, he- sure, healthy, sure. healthy, long, tremendous lives, <laughs> and you shall share this podcast. You know, one thing I noticed today, Nate, what's that? You look pretty dapper. Thanks, I guess man. you expected us to go live. I did think today. we were going to go live today on video. Unfortunately, Charlie's not feeling it yet. So I've um, had one shower in the last week. <laughs> I was one. actually just admiring the product you put in your hair. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. That's it's all just, natural. Just all natural product that you're using in <laughs> yeah. your hair right now. Well, yeah, I went shopping last night. I went to J Crew and I bought some shirts. You are making way too much money. <laughs> they had a sixty percent off sale. You know how much this shirt was right here. Well, it was 60% off. Yeah. It yeah. was $18. How much money did you save? 18. I saved. None. You spent. None, because I spent money. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. I saved $22 <laughs> on the shirt, technically. <laughs> technically. But guys. So you're looking all J. Crew dapper. I know. I got a haircut. It wasn't that great, but I, you know, I don't care, really. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm wearing headphones right now. I'm Who sorry cares? we couldn't go live. Look, I've had one shower in a week, and it's because... It's really difficult to shower because I'm not allowed to get my ear wet for six months. Yeah. Six months, I've got to wear an ear condom. <laughs> That's the truth. Can we get a picture of that when you do it, by yeah. the way? Yeah. With your ear condom my on? My girlfriend is the sweetest. She not only did, I, so I had these waterproof earplugs, and then I put like this, it's like a shower cap ear condom that you put over there, and then she yeah. taped it for me. Okay. And I took a shower. I took one. And uh, no water got in there, which is what's supposed to happen. I don't think the tape would stick to you right now, honestly. <laughs> I don't think it this would. This is medical tape. Okay. Yeah. She's right. a nurse. Okay. So I'm lucky to have some <laughs> medical grade tape 
Did she steal it from there. the hospital? No, no. She she scanned it out, <laughs> okay. obviously. Okay. Just making she sure. She doesn't steal. Double checking. You know? Double checking. Okay. But anyway, you're telling people to follow us to save lives. Yeah, so you can save lives. Tell people about this podcast, okay? We need as many of you guys listening as possible so we can get this message out to the most amount of people that we can. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, whatever else you guys use. We're probably Reddit. on it. Reddit, go look us yeah. up on Reddit. I'm posting crap on there, dealing with those. Man, people on Reddit are a special kind of annoying. I'll tell you what. <laughs> no offense if you're a, a hardcore Redditor in here, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, one thing we forgot to tell everybody else too was to subscribe. You should subscribe to this podcast because we try to get an episode out every single day, and uh, that's our goal. And you guys can support us doing that by going to our shop. That's goodmorningliberty.us/shop. Get yourself something nice, a t-shirt, a mug. Uh, we got some new underwear out there, some boxer briefs. Yep. So get you one of those. It says taxation is theft right across the front, which is exactly <laughs> what your wife wants to see. Um, so make sure you guys get yourself a pair of those. And what that does is support the show. And you get a nice little goodie in return. So that's a cool way to do it. Or you can just send us money. You know, $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever you think the show's worth, that helps us do what we're able to do. So you guys get on that. If you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.